Welcome to the In Defense of Ska podcast. There's a lot of like, okay, well, you like Ska named three bands that aren't the boss tones. I'm your host, Aaron Carnes, music journalist and author of the book In Defense of Ska. And I'm your co-host, Adam Davis, veteran Ska musician from the bands Omnigon and Link 8. On our show, we aim to push back on the mainstream's negative perception of Ska music. There are so many great untold stories throughout the history of Ska. The show features interviews with everyone from the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones to Fishbone, Fall Out Boy singer Patrick Stump, and the police drummer Stuart Copeland. Join us on In Defense of Ska from the Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. Oh, man. The what podcast? The podcast for Bonnarooians by Bonnarooians, Bonnarooian Barry, Bonnarooian Brad. Uh, No Lord Taco today, uh, but in his place, talking to a Patreon that... Um, maybe our furthest traveling Patreon of the What Podcast, Bill. And it's just Bill, by the way. Just Bill. Just, just Bill. Bill. I like it. It's just Bill. Yeah, he's one of our Patreons. And what a great conversation uh, we had with Bill. 17-hour uh, drive. Yeah. Man, it, we talk about it at the end of, of this. But, uh, Brad, uh, I can remember sitting in the parking lot at the holiday inn and watching you lose your mind because you were having to wait for 20 minutes <laughs> before we could uh, get our credentials. This guy sat in his car for 11 hours. I don't think I lost after the my drive. mind. I don't think I lost my mind. There might've been some whining going on. You'll admit it was, that. It was ridiculous. What they were making us do was, was absurd and I just <laughs> didn't agree with it. And I I usually am right in these situations. Uh, I'm not going to argue. I'm just saying <laughs> multiply that times 11 yeah, hours no after a 17-hour drive. So We'll talk to Bill here in a second. But uh, first, if you are a uh, Patreon, uh, we've got uh, some things that are going to be coming to your way very, very soon. Hopefully this week. Um, one being the What Podcast sticker. The, the you got, Oh, you got a sticker? Oh, look at that guy. Oh, that's beautiful. And then you got the koozie. Right? You got a koozie? I can't see that on your... Th- there it is. There's the What Podcast koozie. And then the grand the grand finale, aside from your mixtape, which, of course, my mixtape is the best. Uh, I'll, we'll talk about the mixtapes here in a second, because I've got something to say about them now that they've been properly dispersed amongst the uh, Patreons. But then the final, the grand finale, the What Podcast t-shirt, if you can see it on your screen... Never not great. If you remember, uh, to kick off uh, our Bonnaroo last year, we had Ken Weinstein at camp, and he said maybe the greatest quote about Bonnaroo that we have ever heard. It's never not great. No matter what happens, Bonnaroo is never not great. So we thought that was that had to be on our shirts. In some form or fashion, we had to make sure that we were saying never not great all the time because it's exactly right. Yeah, it came up after we asked him about 2016, right? 
the yeah. uh, the supposed disaster year when right. the sales were so down. And uh, he said, yeah, what do you remember about that year? It was still great. Yeah, it's, it's never, never not great. <laughs> and so what we decided was... Uh, the and other you, thing, I think you said that's one of your favorite years, right? Yeah, it was one of my favorite years of all time. Um, mainly because I love LCD and, and the team show yeah. was so unbelievably great. But the... The thing that uh, when we heard him say it's never not great, it made me think about all the other things about Bonnaroo that are never not great. There are so many things that you could just stumble into, and no matter how bad the show is, it's still great. Um, At the end of the day, a slice of spicy pie, never not great. Uh, Because it could be cold, it could be on the ground. It's still great. And that's why we decided to join the never not great saying with, the pizza slices. I think uh, apropos slices. apropos of a spicy pie, uh, pizza and Bonnaroo, never not great. You could sit in your car for 11 hours waiting to get in. Sure. And it's still great. Still great. So um, we got that uh, coming your way. If you are a Patreon, if you're not a Patreon, uh, I'm sure you can join. I'm sure there's still some stuff that you can... You can, uh, you know, join into, or you can uh, maybe even purchase one of these fine, beautiful shirts and koozies and things on our uh, website, thewhatpodcast.com. We'll leave that to Lord Taco to figure out because that ain't my department. We're going to figure it out. We did buy extras. So all the Patreons, I promise you, uh, I'm not sure when you will be seeing this. It'll be this week. Good. And I promise that the stuff will get in the mail to you by Monday morning. So just in time for Bonnaroo, just uh, in time. Yeah. So what is this? This is, uh, what is today? The 19th. 19th. Yeah. So by the 27th, it will be in the mail to you. You'll have it. You'll have it next week. And and we got to, I mean, we got to thank these guys. Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, to do what you've done to, to sign on first of all, and then to stick with us, uh, in a year when there wasn't even a show, right. I mean, a festival was pretty incredible. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, it's not like we're that interesting. Well, you know, I'd like to think, no, I'm not. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, we'll read off the Patreons here in a second, but first, uh, to, after the bill conversation, we talked to him, uh, we're going to circle back to some of the things that we've heard about the industry, about, um, next year, et cetera. So, we will be uh, talking much, much in depth, much more in depth about some stuff that at least is flying by our radar. Uh, so stick through with that. Uh, in the meantime, here's Bill from uh, the Hudson Valley, fellow Patreon and Bonnaroovian Bill. Hey, Bill. Bill is sort of like Beyonce. You just need one one name. Yeah, just one name. Yeah, I like it. Bill, like where are you? Uh, where are you right now? In your safe confines am... and quarantines. Yes. Yes, I'm on my porch in uh, Beacon, New York, oh, in okay. the Hudson Valley. So that's that's where you travel from every time you go to Bonnaroo? Do you, uh, God, I hope you drive, or do you fly? I drove, so uh, 2019 was my first Bonnaroo, and I drove, it was about 17 hours. So you've down, done one and uh, one only Bonnaroo, and it was last year. Only one, yep. So wow. I'm a huge fish fan, uh, up to 32 shows now. Um, and when Curveball got canceled in 2018, the next year when it was announced that Fish was going to play Bonnaroo, I was like, well, this is my replacement Curveball. So I went to, to Bonnaroo last year and I had such a blast that I immediately, when Black Friday rolled around, bought my ticket for, for this yeah. year. Yeah. And it was it just you that went from Hudson Valley or do you have people you met up with? Yeah. Just me. Wow, solo. That is a brave, brave man. No kidding. 
No kidding. So just got in the car and drove. I mean, you are a fish fan then. You just drove by yourself that, 17 hours. Wow. Barry, yeah. what's what's the uh, longest you've gone in your uh, in your I'm day? A, I'm a big jam band fan. I've been to a lot of festivals. Honestly, I generally go to festivals solo. So. Yeah, really? Yeah, so it's just so strange when uh, you travel so long and so far for bands. When I was 19, I literally traveled the world. Well, the world. I traveled the country chasing after Hootie and the Blowfish. I went to like 10 different cities over the course of a summer trying to find everything about Hootie and the Blowfish. And it was like one of the most exhilarating things in my life. And, you know, it doesn't really matter what the band is. I feel like you got to have one of those things in one of those moments of your life sometime. Yeah. yeah. And, one of those and I mean, going solo is great because honestly, if you're a big fan of a band or you're a big fan of going to music in general, like you're not alone. You go to the, the right. festival and you just randomly meet people. I've randomly just, I got, when I went to, to Magnum Ball, my second fish festival, I went by myself and I basically was adopted by this, this group of like, like 10, like 30 year olds who, who had went or, or 35 year olds who, who had went to, to fishing when they were in Buffalo in college and they were all like group uh, coming back together. just like a reunion thing for them. Yeah. And they just like adopted me as their, their like kid in the, in the group. Yeah. Barry, did you ever have one of those? Did you ever have a group that you followed around anywhere? No, not like that. No, I mm. had local ones that I would, you know, but never, never travel. I never, uh, I never, that was never me, but I mean, that's a, I mean, we've sort of talked around that bill a little bit, the, the idea of meeting people and meeting new people and returning and meeting people. But, yeah. uh, that's a huge part of it, isn't it? I mean, right. you yeah. we're sitting here saying you went alone, but you knew you were going to run into people. You'd probably met at one of your 31 other fish shows, right? Yep. Or just meet new people who just had similar interests and just that's a great instantly, point. instantly pick things up I, on, on Sunday of, of Bonnaroo this year, I just sat in the the pit line for for fish after after Courtney Bonner went up and and just sat in the pit line and just immediately it was it was as if we I'd met all these people uh, thir- uh, ten years ago and we were just having just a great conversation the, the you know, whole way. You're the guy that we needed to talk to last year because uh, yep. I'll be totally honest and I've said it on this show before I don't I don't get fish and even going to the show I I gave it a shot uh, I'll you know. We can we can do the rewind. I gave it a shot. I was there for an hour. I heard two songs, and I'm st- I still don't get it. I still don't get it. But the whole time, I kept saying it's like this EDM thing. It surely is something. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's definitely something. I just don't know what it is, and I can't really wrap my head around it. But when you go to a fish show, and then you go from like uh, whatever festival you see them at, and then you go to see them at Bonnaroo, what what is the difference for you? What are you listening for after 31 shows? Um, I mean, it's obviously you're looking for the big jam vehicles. You're looking for just like super long jams. You're looking for new new stuff. Um, you're looking for the the sort of rarity tracks that they play very rarely. Um, there's it's it fish following fish is kind of like. Like I've, I've seen it compared to being like a baseball fan where you're keeping track of the stats and the numbers ah, sometimes. Like, you're keeping like they're, score. They're, you're in the, you're in the, it, it, it the stands is, keeping it, score. 
it, it is a lot like that. It's a lot like going out to to a game and and saying, well, it, this could be a great game. This could be sort of a, just an okay game, but no matter what, it's everybody's going out and and ultimately you're just having a, a good time. Okay. Well, in in the in the in the hierarchy of the shows you've seen, where did the Bonnaroo one rank? Or the Bonnaroo one? Well, they were fantastic. Ones. I mean, part of it. Part of it's unfair because it was the first time I'd ever been in pit for for a fish show. Oh, um, normally, okay. the pit is the the pit is sort of famous. They're these really awful people who just like will camp out like days in advance for pit uh, at fish shows, yep. and they'll bring tarps and just cover the entire like first thirty feet in front of the stage. Sort of like a Trump rally. You, uh, oh, it's <laughs> it's awful. Um, which is, so which is worse? That, which is worse? Those guys that camp out for three days or the Brad Steiners of the world who show up and get right in? Yeah. At first, well, that was me. That was me at Bonnaroo. Like, I, I was expecting, I was expecting I'll never get close to, to the show. And then, like, after Gambino on Friday night, like, I was swimming upstream as the massive swarm w- left uh, the field. And I just, I looked and I was like, wait, I can literally walk up to the rail. Yeah. So I just walked right. right up to the rail and was right on right in front of the show. It was incredible. All right. All right. So so I want to go back to this. I, Brad's really hit on something here. Uh, so 17 hours, and I got several mm-hmm. questions, but you got 17 hours. Are you like our friend Brian Stone? You're listening to 17 hours of every <laughs> fish cassette tape that you have, or are you listening to beyonce or something completely different so that uh, the show is is new honestly i'm probably listening to podcasts I, i'm nice. i'm listening to to obviously the what podcast a wonderful a baby publication. I, didn't, I didn't have to even um, fish hard uh, for but that also <laughs> but also like yeah like giant bomb cast like ted cast I'm, I'm a nerd so i'm 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 listening to all sorts of different podcasts usually all right. And then do you have, did you make a, uh, do you, when you go to these 31 shows, do you like a baseball, you, that's a great analogy. Are you in your mind predicting a set list? Are you, uh, are you making your uh, own sort of uh, hopeful set list? What's a I mean, great, actually, you know, that type of thing. That's always kind of like the, the conversation, the small talk with the people around you, like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a, a tweezer, a big tweezer today, or, or <laughs> man, I'd, I'd love to see, I'd love to, to get a divided sky right about now. It's, it's definitely like this, these are the things I'd love to see. These are the things like you, you can kind of call, call your shot, like, oh, they're going to open that's going to be a simple opener today or something like that. Like you, you can, you can definitely make calls and then, then in the long shot, when you get it right, you feel like a genius. All right. So, okay. That's great. You, you guys in the fish fan is going to take a lot. You're going to put a lot of effort into this and you're going to think about it a lot and you're going to try and, and really nail it. Do you think the fish guys put this much effort into it? Oh God, no. This okay. is they, they basically just, <laughs> roll out of the bed and just say, uh-huh. eh, we're just going to play music today. And yeah. that's basically the, how they are these days. Like they're, they're 50 plus years old. Like this is just them having fun and they happen to have massive sold out crowds and massive right. amounts of money coming so in it, when they do. I guess the only thing that's close to it is probably where we are today, probably Springsteen. Don't you think with the same sort of following the same sort of, die hard the same sort of like what's the set list going to be like uh talk about the 35 shows that i went to see i'm trying to think of another artist that that can warrant this sort of i mean yeah, there's a sort of conversation Humphreys dead gets, co. yeah dead and co some of that yeah, but Humphreys, yeah. some of that uh widespread 
but they I don't they're not they don't tour as much but uh it, it's I'm sitting here remembering and I know Brad I've I've told this story I think it was my first and 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 Bill you may know whether Trey Anastasia was there in 07 or 08 7 was my first and I woke up Sunday morning to leave right sun up no one else is up except this guy. Barry, by the way, Barry used to always leave on Sunday morning. Used to he always leave hated on sticking around for Sunday. Yeah, I, I had decent reasons. But anyway, I get up and this guy is walking down the road and a girl is awake in her camp. And somehow they just started talking and he said, I've got acid. And she said, I've got pot. And they sat literally across the road from me while I was packing. And he kept saying things like Trey and I have such a cosmic mind meld that mm-hmm. I know what Trey is going to play next. It's just really weird. And then it, I had to stop at one point. He said something like I knew what the next song was going to be. And Trey looked me in the eye and started playing the song. It was Trey this. Yep. I mean, it was all I could do from just sitting down and just listening to these two. Uh, it was it's still one of my favorite Bonnaroo moments, and it was one of my first. <laughs> yeah, the girlfriend yep. was saying, who do you like better right now, uh, <laughs> Trey or me? It's going to be a very tight race. It was it was 6 in the morning, 6.30. You know, they'd both been up all night long. Trey this and Trey that. And well, anyway. back, to, back to the original question, where did the, the Bonnaroo shows rank in those 32 that you've seen? Uh, they were fantastic. Um, especially the Sunday night show was, was spectacular. Um, again, part, part of that's colored because it was the first time I'd ever been that close where I could literally see like Trey. In fact, on the Sunday night, about three songs in Trey go, leaves center stage and try and climbed out towards the front on top of one of the, the speakers. And he was literally five, five feet in front of me. It was mind blowing. Yeah. I, I, I think I was on the video a recording that they did of it and I could see me in the audience just losing my mind. <laughs> yeah. That's and so when you when you got to Bonnaroo, uh you you make the trek, what were your impressions? What were your thoughts as you made the drive down before getting there? Um well so I I drove so I, I didn't want to do 17 hours straight. So I did two nights. So I did a, 12 hours the first night, stayed overnight in like Roanoke. Um, and then drove the rest of the way down. Um, and I pull up on, on, uh, uh, Hillsboro road, um, also known as Hellsboro, where I proceed to spend from 6 PM Wednesday night until 5 AM Thursday morning in line before I got camped Yeah, with sleep. You know, I've, I've been on the road for six hours already that day. Nobody to take over the, the wheel for me. Uh, I fortunately I had thought to bring some granola bars, but that was the only food I had oh. in my car. <laughs> oh. So uh, it was rough. Yeah, you can't yeah, really just... fall asleep because you got to move forward every, every, every few so. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Wow. Naps. If I have to go to the bathroom, I had to just put my car in park, hope the vine didn't move, and just sprint out into the woods for a little but while. You, but you had never been to Bonnaroo, so what were you thinking you were about to drive into? So I had never been I, – obviously, I've been to a lot of festivals. I had never been in an 11-hour-long line. I think the longest I'd ever waited was like two hours. So that was a different experience. Once I got in and once once I got parked and, and set up, like I was really impressed with the the way 
the the organization, the way everything was laid out, like the the fact that they had like stall bathrooms in the in the closets, that was mind blowing. The <laughs> like I, every I was totally expecting just garbage porta potties that were miserable. The fact they had flushing toilets in the plaza was a game changer. Talk to me about that eleven hours. At which one of those hours did you think I could maybe turn around and be back in New York in uh, two days, <laughs> maybe quicker than I'm going to get in? Or I didn't was think it, did it always turn around and like go you... home, but I did think hmm, if I just pull over and park and sleep and then wait for the line to pass me by, I'd probably get in like get up at like 11 a.m. tomorrow, and I'd probably get in at like two. Yeah. So I, I, it was true. a serious. You actually true about that. Uh, okay, so all right, so we talk about a lot of times, especially the first year of the show, we talk about how um, there's a moment when you get to Bonnaroo, or some moment maybe in the first couple of days where it just hits. Right? Like, oh my god, yeah, I got the I got the chill from top to bottom. Ours every year is uh, getting to the top of Mont Eagle Mountain and coming down and seeing sort of the valley below. That's when I know it's happening. That's when I know I'm there. Did you, as a as a as a rookie, as your first year, did you have one of those moments where it just sort of took you over? I think it was, in fact, at that that same mountain. I was coasting down the hill. Uh, I have an electric car, so coasting down the hill, picking up charge, and just looking out you over. You drove the, an electric the, car from Hudson yeah. Valley to Tennessee. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Volt. It's a hybrid. So I was driving on the highway on gas, but I was specifically saving the battery so I'd have it at the camp. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Which was great because then I could run my air conditioner during the day when it was super hot, but it wasn't burning gas. It was just burning the battery. That is not what I was expecting to hear. Okay. All right. So, and then, and then you get into the grounds versus all the other festivals that you've been to. Um, what made Bonnaroo different for you? So, like I said, just the organization, the planning, like it was clear that this was like a professional operation like everything was laid out really well just like i was worried about lines when we were talking about just a massive festival of eighty thousand people i thought i'd be waiting in line constantly and i really didn't like i like getting into the fest into center each day was really quick maybe the most i spent was like 10 15 minutes in line tops at, at any time just getting in and out really quick things moving along never really had a long wait for bathrooms or, or food or anything like that was the big thing that really stuck that out to me is like they've got the organization and the planning perfected on this thing compared to a lot of the smaller festivals i've been to where it could be a total crapshoot on if the facilities are even fully put together when you get there mm -hmm. yeah what was I mean, the uh i mean the, the so the fish was your reason for going what were, were, were some of the other uh shows well i was i was uh really excited to see gambino and Gam Jesus, Childish Gambino put on an incredible show that night. Um, uh, excited to see a lot of the smaller acts. Like I'm a huge um, uh, uh, J-Rad, Joe Russo's fan. Um, was excited, and honestly, I was just excited to sort of roam around and see bands that I wasn't really, uh, didn't really know. Like I, I'd seen, I, I had never seen the National. Like I liked some National songs, but I wasn't a huge National fan. But I, it was really an opportunity to, to see them. Um, just a whole variety of different stuff there. And that's that's the biggest thing. Like fish is a huge part of my musical identity, but I really love just everything. And yeah, but you you love you love the thing so much that you decided to immediately buy a ticket again, Sans yeah. Fish. Just the experience was just incredible. Yeah. 
regardless if Fish was on the lineup or not. But like at that time, uh, Black Friday, we like it was pretty well known that Tool, Lizzo, and and and, uh, yeah, and everybody was, was going to be there, but we didn't know the rest of the lineup. And just Tool is one of my favorite bands of all time, and I really like Lizzo. So I was just like, well, I'm just going to roll the dice on this. And it turned out the lineup was so incredible and perfect yeah. for me that it was just a home run. Well, it's so interesting, Barry. We've talked about this a lot. We credit, and I, I think that you know this. Some people do not, but I think that we credit a lot of the sellout from last year to to Fish and the just added thirty thousand Fish fans that travel yeah. and and there wasn't a lot of Fish shows happening, especially in this region. Last one time in Tennessee, right? Going to be the last one in Tennessee, right? So. Yeah. So I wonder how many bills there are that came to Bonnaroo just for fish and then turned around and said, man, maybe I'll come back next year. I don't care who the lineup is. I think I think it's not so much maybe just for fish, but fish was their primary motivator. And then they looked at the rest of the lineup and said, this all lines up perfectly with my musical taste. So let's just go. Right. Which, by the way, that's by design. You know, yeah. and hearing and hearing, you know, Brian and Steve talk about that in one of the very first episodes, talking about how they build a lineup. That's where they that's how they do it. You know, they right. find they find those headliners and then they, they try to, you know, buttress uh, so many artists after artists along the line with you. Um, and and Bill, Bill's got to be a great point. example, right? I mean, you I guess you love fish enough that if let's just say the rest of the lineup last year was not good you're probably still a big enough fan you're going to go right but not everybody is that way so um, um i mean may have i mean driving 17 hours is something whereas i mean so two weeks later i went and saw them up at spac which is three hours away from me right. so um i mean if obviously i love fish i'm not the quite the like go on a two-month vacation and follow them on tour the entire way uh, a fan there there are, i know those people they, so you're not really friends. committed you're just kind of um, committed <laughs> I, yes yeah. um, hey but so what's the furthest yeah. you've actually driven so first i've ever driven is bonnaroo but okay. i did fly out to to denver for dicks back in yeah. 2017 right and that was that was the furthest i've gone for a show okay all right um, and, and when you looked at the lineup this year, other than uh, Tool and Lizzo, what were you seeing? What were you gonna do? What's, uh, let's cry. Let's cry a little bit. Yeah, let me let me uh, let me pull up my. Uh, let's let's my feel notes. a little pain. I'm, I'm I'm the type of person who takes notes on the lineup, so I know exactly what I'm, all I'm looking for here. So Tame was big. Um, turquoise. So I know you got. Uh, uh, I was telling Barry, like I know Barry's got the best taste because he's the one that's excited for t- Turquoise with with the Talking Heads. Well, let's be honest. He also he also incredible to, show. He also listens to Bass Nectar, so let's not overdo all right, it. All right. Well, <laughs> I knew that was coming up. I'm gonna have to rethink that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. About can- that. Cancel uh, culture. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Turquoise Pigeons. Like this year, like the jam was actually really solid. Turquoise Pigeons, Oysterhead. Uh, King Gizzard, King Gizzard is incredible. Yeah. Um, the Sylvan Esso, like the With show, that looked, that sounded really, really cool. Um, EOB, uh, Billy Strings, some great uh, jam grass. Just yeah. a just a really stacked lineup this year. That's a good lineup. That's a good pick. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask only because you do a lot of festivals and, and you traveled so far. I mean, what sort of things were there? What were the lessons 
sort of camping wise? Did you bring enough? Did you bring the right stuff? Were there learning curves or what were their mistakes? What were the, the good things you did? Um, first lesson I learned was bring more food for the, the part. Yeah. The the Snacks are an important thing. I don't think that you need to bring a fish to fillet outside the car, but uh, snacks are pretty I'm really vital. Cooking campsite, just bring it for snacks in the car. That's, um, right. That's right. Lots of hummus, man. A lot of hummus. That's probably a yeah, good I business thought... opportunity, Brad. We could have we could have walked up and down that road and sold some stuff. Man, that's a great point. I was surprised there weren't like lemonade stands or something set up by the the, the residents there. Like it would have been a great business opportunity there. Um, but yeah, like, they were going to fix that this year. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, just, I brought my canopy. I'm very glad I brought my canopy cause I would have been roasting. Like I've got one of those tents that has like the reflective side. So that helped keep it relatively cool inside, but it's still, it was still by like 10 o'clock. I just could not be in that tent anymore. Right. So right. did you meet, I mean, I know you met people. Did you meet people that you're still in contact with that are new, that are like new friends? Um, I've met a few people from like the, the fish subreddit. So, so I, 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 I talked to them and, and obviously since then haven't really had a chance to meet with them, but I'll, I'll occasionally talk to them on, on this, on the Reddit there. Other than the lineup. And cause this is another thing that Brad and I have sort of talked about. And it's, it's funny cause we've both danced around it. We, we've done it enough times that we don't think of it as being as huge as it is. Sometimes, you know, we forget. So other than the acts that you wanted to see this year, what were some of the things that were on your list that you didn't get to last year that you were looking forward to maybe visiting or revisiting? I, I definitely want, I definitely wanted to see more of the stuff out in the, in the, the, the camping area. I wanted to, to see more of the plazas. Like I, I poked my head over in what, what in the woods. I like stopped by some of the barns during the day, but I never really got a chance to get out there at night when like they have all the special events and things like that. Um, I did, definitely did say the, the Grove was like a, on Sunday afternoon, the Grove, when I just needed a place to relax and hang in a hammock. That was, that was a real, real lifesaver. I was kind of, uh, dragging and just just uh, hanging out for a couple hours in the grove uh, uh taking a nap and relaxing was perfect but yeah stuff out in the plaza was huge uh that, that i definitely wanted to see more of this year there's there's this thing barry and we say this every year i i'm dying to go to that robe party i'm still dying to go to snake and jake's I, there's so many things that i mean we barely get to christmas barn the pajama thing I, yeah i mean we barely get to the to the to, to outside outside the campsite so much less like we're so packed full of uh, so many you know bands and artists and, and sets that we don't get to anything else and yeah. it's like one of those things where i wish that there was a day where we could just uh there was no music playing and we could just do the extracurricular activities you know what i mean well that was supposed to be wednesday for me last year i thought oh i'll right. get here at six i'll roll in at maybe 10 or 11 that'll be fine i can party all night uh, it yeah. didn't quite work out that way. <laughs> it's the yeah. it's the bathrobe thing, not the pajamas. But no, you're you're exactly right, Brad. We just we we never do, and we talk about it and plan on it. And I and I think the point is for for people who've never been who think you know there's a there's a handful of bands I want to see or whatever. But there's so much more to do beyond just the bands. And then to hear you immediately say the pods, you know, again we we keep stressing that that was not even on the radar two years ago. So that's no. something they really worked very hard where, at. Where did you camp? What pod were you in? 
I was all the way out in pod 10. Uh, I had a mile and a half walk. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> and you still wanted to come back. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you might as well have driven I, from I, New York every day. <laughs> I strongly consider getting VIP tickets just so I'd get a closer campsite, but they claimed they claimed they were going to improve that this year. So, yeah, yeah I were, would, I, I, I would not have, um, I would not have taken that to be true. Uh, there's yeah, just some, there's some, there's just some, it's not that it would not be true or not. It's that there's only there's there's certain level of creature comforts that I demand, and I'm not even going to play with. Uh, so you might be able to nibble around the edges and make this experience a little bit better for me in pod 10, but I don't care. I'm not going to risk it. I need, I need my, my diva experience to be totally without diva. Yeah. Without any sort of question. <laughs> I don't even want to worry about it. I, I don't even want to worry about it. You should have bought the VIP. VIP would have been a good but it, I, I saw it, so I, I had started working out that, that I, I had lost 40 pounds over the course of a year preparing for Bonnaroo to, to be able to walk all that distance. So it, Bill, it worked it, out. I, Bill, I it, is not, it is not something that you need to, 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 it's something that needs to be said. You need to work out beforehand. I got roasted. The wife made so much fun of me for so long. It's like, man, I got to get in shape. I got to, you know, I got to get Bonnaroo in a couple of months. I got to uh, start working out. You it ain't do. no joke. You do. I like, had to start 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 work. Like I I close the rings every day. Like I I walk five to seven miles every single day just to, wow. to keep the rings closed. So oh. that's my that's my conditioning for Bonnaroo. Did you have any sort of preparation nice. for the heat? Uh, bring a lot of water bottles and just prepare. I mean, honestly, it gets hot there. It gets hot here. It's like ninety degrees out today every day during the summer. So. I, I, I knew it was going to be hot. Honestly, it wasn't as bad. Last year was a pretty nice year. Um, That's the thing that we've been saying for like five years in a row. We got really blessed with weather this year. Every year we think, oh, our time's coming. Yeah, it's, we're going to get the dust bowl again. Last year was amazing. This year would have been epic. Unbelievable. And and honestly, epic. Barry, can you, you remember, can you remember a year? I, I, think, I think the last really terrible weather year was the dust bowl. The, the, the year of the, the massive dust thing. Ever since then, the, the weather has not been terribly difficult to manage. Oh, it's, I, I don't know what to credit to that to or blame or whatever, but yeah, that dust bowl and leading up to, I mean, we didn't have rain for what, six weeks? Yeah. I mean, it was horrible. And then ever since, it's been okay, comparatively. So, um, so uh, what they should do, I, 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 they probably spray like they spray for the bugs. They probably spray everything down for nice to, to make it. Hey, who's that? Sorry, sorry, my my grandmother's nurse is heading out for the day. Hi, sorry. hi, grandma. Hi, how are you? Good to see. You. Is, is grandma want to come to Bonnaroo? Uh, no. That's awesome. I mean, we've got we've got Grandpa Barry. I mean, why not? Yeah, can... she come hang with me and uh, do her. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh so when you um when you look forward to you know 2021 are you already in are you 100 percent in for next so, year if it happens 
that's the question. I haven't I haven't pulled the trigger on the refund yet. Uh, I I figure I've got tier one. I I got the lowest possible cost ticket. Do I want to return that and chance not getting it if, if if the lineup turns out to work out again next year, and end up paying more, or do I just want to roll the dice and and stick with it? I'm still trying to consider that. I'm I've got a few a couple more weeks to consider, so I'm I'm trying to figure that out. Right, but tell I'm me pretty what, sure I'm just going to keep it. All right. So tell me what the process is. If you were to get a refund, that means you got to go back in and buy another ticket. Uh, for 2021 when they come available, depending on when, what, whatever tier that you get, right? So you might end up spending more money for next year. But if you were yeah. to keep it and roll it over to next year, you get to keep it the same price? Is that, is that yeah. the deal? Well, okay. it's already paid for. Yeah, it's, it's already paid for. I, I okay. paid it outright. So it's, do I, I've already, the money's already down and on, I still have a job. I work from home so I can get by for now. So do I just let it roll and Pay, pay its dividends later or do i do i cash out it, it's i'm still trying to make that that calculus right now what are you. what you. are the things going through your mind and i'm thinking not just i mean it's it's money you could i'm sure use the money uh, i'm sure you don't know what the lineup is you don't know maybe what your july or june rather excuse me is going to look like next year are you at all concerned virus vaccine eighty thousand people does that weigh that in or that's the biggest concern is yeah. based on how things are going right now. Are we actually even going to be in a place where we can do this a year from now? I, I'm still not convinced based on everything that's going on. It's it's not going to be, oh, we've we've stomped the curve down and if everybody wears a mask, that'll be fine. I, I honestly, we need a vaccine out and we needs to be pretty heavily deployed before I feel comfortable going back out there. Yeah, I think that's, I think Brad and I are going to talk about that some more in in a little bit, but I I think that's the question, right? I mean, what is it, what does that look like? Um, Mm -hmm. And we're, we're no closer today. We're, we're, in fact, I would say we're less closer today than we were two months ago, even three months ago. So it's funny because up here, so up here in New York, we were, it was looked real bad back in, in March and April, but we, nowadays it's actually gotten to the point where it's pretty pretty good i mean i i we i go out to dinner occasionally i eat outside i wear a mask when i'm at the table but we've mostly gotten things under control here but i look out to you guys in the south and out in the west and it's a mess out there it would it would appear you have uh people in charge who are actual grown-ups so Mm -hmm. maybe that is helping yep i'm not the biggest fan of cuomo but he's done a decent job here so far functional brain um that is a um who knew that was important yep. it's like uh a baffling we need a functioning brain uh we're, maybe, maybe reality maybe reality tv stars aren't the best uh best people to run the country i don't know um i'm pretty excited about tyra banks uh in <laughs> oh, 2024 yeah. i'm uh pretty excited pretty excited bill uh we can't thank you enough for uh being uh not only a patreon but, but a fellow bonnaroovian so uh you know we it, it is weird that this show took a turn out of necessity because I moved and it became a video thing. And then it became a necessity because of coronavirus. And then on top of it, we got to meet so many of people like you and actually engage about something that we actually we didn't get to do this year. Um, so uh, it's been yeah. it's, it's yeah. been very it's been very rewarding to to talk to all of you and see all of you and and, and be able to shoot the shit about something that we love so much that God, we hope. It actually happens next year, but you know. and I think what we want to do, and Taco and I have talked about it. I mean, Bill, now it's just stunned me when we look at the spreadsheet of where all of our Patreons are, especially are from. 
I think you now you're the push pin in the other in the corner. I mean, it's amazing. We're all over the country. I mean, and we've got yeah. damn near 35 states. It's it's incredible, yeah. and uh, and everyone seems to have a very very similar uh, story, you know, a vibe about it. So that's what's cool, and I, obviously that's why it's connecting. So, man, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, it is. I mean, and like the feeling that you had when you first got to Bonnaroo is exact. It's so refreshing and awesome at the same time that you had the same feeling that literally everyone else who's ever loved Bonnaroo has had. It's nuts. It's it's nuts that we're all connected in the same way with that same sort of feeling down our spine and, and that amazing sort of a wash that we get when we are, are on that place. I don't know how in the hell it happened. I don't get it, but it's well, I mean, it's think about how great it has to be to erase a 17-hour drive and an 11-hour yeah. sit. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty, pretty stiff handicap to, to work through. But yeah, you're picking out of a pretty big hole. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how long did it take before you forgot all about that drive? Um, probably about five hours. I, yeah, I, I, I got my campsite set up. Uh -huh. I, I managed to squeeze in like two or three hour nap before it got too hot to be in the tent. Mm -hmm. And then I just started roaming around Santa Rue as soon as it opened and yep. like that. Uh, it was it was transported to another planet. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Bill, thank you so much and uh, uh, for being a Patreon, for being a Bonnaroovian, and hopefully uh, we see you in the flesh very soon, buddy. Hopefully. Stay I safe. Am. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. Keep, keep grandma healthy. Oh, we will. All right, buddy. See you soon. Right. See ya. Bill, amongst many Patreons in our Patreon family, you want to read some of them off there, uh, BC? Sure. You want me to go just a couple categories, or you want me to sure. read them all? Uh, whatever you think. Whatever you think, Big Daddy. I'll see how I'm feeling. Aaron Carlson. Bill. David Grimes. Frank Swanson. Liesl Kent Condor. Phil Hanley. Timothy Proctor. Chloe Hannon. Dan Sweeney, Dusted Garrick, Haley, Mary T, Melanie, and Jesse Feldman. I actually spoke with Jesse just this past week. As a matter, did you of really? Fact. You know, uh, that's that's the um, the record store people. Rustin Wax, yeah, yeah, Rustin right. Wax, in, in Florida, and they hooked me up. I've been meaning to, to write them because they sent me one of my favorite records that I've bought in the last three years. It is uh, Earl Thomas and the Pain, which, by the way. The band name, The Pain, is so unbelievably great. But this year, Earl Thomas album is phenomenal. Um, and now that I'm thinking about it, in fact, we'll start the show with it now that I'm uh, talking nice. about it. Because I love this album so much. It's because of his suggestion. He, he's the one that told me that uh, based on wow. the things I like, he's, I love the Earl Thomas. I called him. Uh, I needed a quote for a story I was writing for the paper. And uh, so, you know, yeah. the what podcast Works out in all kinds of ways. Yeah, so, no kidding. Uh, let me just, Mitchell Stafford, Musical Antlers, Parker Reed. Hey, Parker, Skyler, and Tori. And then we'll do some more in a little bit. How's, uh, how's the, the, did he ever give you a hams? Did you ever have a hams at all? He didn't send me one, no, but I've, oh, I've had hams. Know. Have you? Oh, yeah. Damn oh, yeah. Ham. I've had hams and blats. And, uh, <laughs> Those are just girlfriends of yours. Yeah. That's what that actually is a really good name. <laughs> That's a great name. You remember when I dated Hams? Boy. Yeah, you remember yeah. Blatz? She was so much fun. <laughs> what was the worst beer you ever drank? Uh, about the 10th one. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Kroger Cost Cutter. There, there was a beer that when I was, uh, when we were cheap kids, 
we got Rip Roaring on Beer 30. It came, in a, it came in a 30-pack, and it was $10. So That's about Coger Crosscutter. It was yellow and had the scissors on it, and uh, huh. it was about $2 a case. Okay. It was horrible. Beer, yeah, Beer 30. It was, um, it, at, that, at that point, it's just a vehicle. You know, It's just getting you from point A to point B. It, it's not there for you to enjoy. It's there for you to play beer pong with. Well, and th- and then that's the problem because then you find out the next day why you shouldn't drink an entire yeah. <laughs> twelve pack of Kroger Cross Cutter. <laughs> so, when you when you um, reflect in the last couple of weeks, uh, what we've been through in, in the country and uh, anything that um, is going on in the industry, have you heard anything strange or interesting that should be shared with the class? Well. Besides our conversation, are we gonna are we gonna talk about our conversation? Well, yeah, but I was gonna let you set the table first. Well, I'll set the go. table. Um, so here in Chattanooga, we had a Christian festival that was adamant that it was gonna happen. Right, J Fest gonna happen in August. August one. The day that it canceled, I got word that another series, concert series, was going to happen at the exact same location, and in fact did happen at least last week. They had to cancel this path this weekend because we had a massive storm pop up and it blew everything away. Um, so juxtaposed, you had this one cancel because they didn't feel like they could do it safely. And another one happened, and the, they're different sizes. One was about going to be ten thousand people. One was ended up being a couple of hundred people. Yeah, there's uh, there's nobody in the country pulling off a ten thousand person event right correct. now, and that's important to note. And so, this week, to answer your question, I had conversations with the people who did the smaller one that some of the other people around the industry around the southeast. We're watching to see how it how it had come off. And so while I'm having that conversation, I literally reach out to Jesse Feldman with Rust and Wax for a story. And he asked me, have I heard that the folks who run Lollapalooza have said nothing is happening now until 2022? Well, that's C3. And the people that run Lollapalooza is C3. So while I'm having that conversation with Jesse, you called me. I hang up the phone and you sounded like I really, I honestly thought someone had died. I had some bad news to share and said I um, have some horrible news to share. And it, you're, you know, you're, I don't, I, you're, you don't tend to lean toward uh, hyperbole, you know, what? Unless it, you, <laughs> you know, don't, you don't think I do hyperbole. There's a, well, there's about a five second and then the joke, <laughs> right? I mean, oh, you don't, okay. you don't milk it, put uh-huh. it that way. Well, okay, so this is I this can hear in your voice that you weren't kidding. So yeah, it's, it's so okay, and I and I know that I've been sort of like the Grim Reaper with all of this in the last uh, six months. Well, maybe not six or four months, but uh, I didn't get some very good news the uh, the other day. I got a call from uh, somebody who is very, very, very important in the festival world. Let's put it that way. Um, they might be the head of festivals for a certain company um something like that you know or maybe like the head of 
all of touring for a certain big company. Somebody like that. I have to give you that. Uh, the words specifically were said like this. There will be no shows in the spring of 2021. There will be no shows in the summer of 2021. And it's more likely than not, no shows for all of 2021. And if that changes, it would be maybe the fall. So when you have somebody like somebody, when you have an entity like Coachella saying that, you know, a few months ago when they made their announcement that they were canceling this year and next year was seriously in doubt, I think that we all collectively rolled our eyes. Like, ah, come on, that's not going to happen. It's going to be, it's going to be fine. You know, it's going to be fine by next spring. Give me a break. No, no, they're not kidding. Um, It is uh, for real and it's not, at all likely that it's that it's happening um now i was told straight up not happening but the 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 editorialization in my head would say i still find that hard to believe sure i'm still struggling to think that at some point uh the dam breaks with either we all don't care and we're going to do it anyway um we are going to uh, have a vaccine by then perhaps, uh, or somehow, some way, the, the, the will of the country changes and we just get our shit together. I don't know. There's something that feels like it's too, too far away to just toss away this easily. Well, it's not just too far away. It's how does that even work? I mean, who, who can afford to not work and get paid for a year and a half or two yeah. years? And, well, he, and that's well, sort of the conversation that you and I had well, before you before you get into that, let me let me make it let me put it this way. Live Nation, I don't know if you've been following their stock price. Live Nation went from $65, which is their high, to 19 bucks last week. Yeah. And then they got an influx of money from a outside investor and it went right back up to $45. They've got a billion dollars cash on hand. A billion. Well, what, so, what I'm so, hearing from friends who do this kind of thing, believe it or not, I, I know one who's in that world, uh, where the banks, the, the traditional money lender types are out because they don't have anything. But you've got all these like sort of tech people, these dot-com people. You ha- there are people in the world with money, and they're now stepping in um to to take advantage of an opportunity um there somebody's going to lose and somebody's going to win out of all this right i mean it's not that's a conversation i've been having with other people is it you know you said don't want to sound like doom and gloom uh that's i mean that's that's what it sounds like and in probably certain worlds that's what it is but somebody is going to come out of this ahead yeah and the problem is it's a saudi billionaire is not coming to rescue the exit in, you know. Probably, uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Well, the, this is the this is the the crux of it. At what point do do we have uh, we have the big entities probably surviving, but mom and pop places are shutting their doors, you know, across every entity. We've got one of the m- most legendary restaurants in all of the quarter just shut their doors after fifty five years. You know, uh, it's people like that that are going to get squeezed and squeezed hard. And there is no end in sight. 
you know, and there, no, and there it, is no, but I, and I asked you this, um, the other day when we talked Thursday, I guess it was, is somebody will, somebody will figure out. And I think what we'll, I think this is just completely me. I think we will see a return to very small, very grassroots, very localized, uh, you know, you might not just see your usual next door neighbor who has a garage band play. You might see, depending on who lives in your town, you know, it might be a, a huge star suddenly doing house shows, pop-up shows, small shows. Yeah. Uh, I think what we're really saying here is the large tours, festivals, things like that aren't happening. Yeah. But, I mean, you, it's, well, it's we hard to imagine artists and musicians just giving up you know shutting down we we may what we see i don't know maybe it's more recordings maybe bands will start putting out well barry are, are you going to be the artist that that are you going to be chase rice who was absolutely annihilated after he did what he did Chase Rice puts d- does a show in Nashville and they get three four thousand people show up and the next day first off I've never heard of Chase Rice in my life. Right. I don't know who that is. Now I do, and now I know him for all the wrong reasons. And he was eviscerated after that thing. Yeah, I think what's interesting is, if I understand correctly, that was an 11,000 or so seat venue, and he had a very few people there where he messed up, was inviting him up to the front because he was feeling his oats or whatever, and then the pictures got taken. Point being is to not, diminish what he did so much is to say it's a lesson it's a the the event here we'll see what happens i i part of let me say this and i mean this sincerely part of the reason that i think it may not happen until 2022 is because of what you said earlier is people just are over it they think it's not a big deal they're doing all these stupid things like opening up and like the governors in it, in Florida and Georgia acting like it's not a real thing. And that's just going to prolong it. So I think, and the other thing is, and I, I mean this sincerely, I don't think we've seen the worst of it yet. I think the real bad things are in front of us and that's going to happen in the next several months. And so there's then going to be this buffer and that's going to push spring and summer of 2021 out. To just say, I don't think it's going to happen, it's hard It's hard to wrap your head around it. But if you look at it from that way, you know, where the numbers are continuing to spike and they're going to continue yeah. to spike and until people yeah. take it seriously. Yeah. For example, right now, think about it this way. <laughs> and I, this is going to sound like a conspiracy alarmist, but right now we're arguing over masks. What happens when they start pay, taking people's homes and their trucks? you know and their toys mm-hmm. and then we're going to start seeing the real bad stuff and that's when i that's why i think the idea that it really could be 2022 doesn't seem as unrealistic as it might at first and and it, it, to one of the points that you made we've been saying and i hope that if if you've been listening for the past couple of weeks you have a because I know that I do a better understanding of what it go what goes into putting something like a show together, exactly. and not just a show, a string of shows, 
Um, maybe you see in 2021 just a pop-up show here and there. That might maybe I don't know, but the large scale tour is not not going to happen uh, because because when do you get the vaccine? We don't know, but I can promise you that the second that you have the vaccine, I bet there's not a tour ready to go. Um, because no, because who wants to take that first? Right, but and and not only that, just just technically you're going to have a tour ready to go on the magical day. The vaccine just happened to be ready. You don't know if it's going to be ready by March. Um, you don't know if it, and so when it does become available, then you can start planning something. And so how long does it, after everything that we've learned, how long does it take to get the legal involved? And then how long does it take to get the tour manager and, and infrastructure in place? Then, uh, you've got to find the venues. Then you've got to find venues that could even, or even open anymore. Um, right. Then you got to find the money that that pays for all of this. And then you got and you got to put together twenty to thirty dates to make it profitable. Okay, the, so so if that's the case, if you best case scenario, you get a vaccine by March. How long does it take you to put all of that together for for a tour? It's going to be at the minimum three months to put that together. So now you're into fall. Now you're in fall, and right. and everything that we know, you don't tours don't really exist in the winter. So, right, and I think our conversation with calendar, Jim Burris— The calendar shrinks really quickly. The, the, our conversation with Jim Burris, uh, the last one, was really enlightening along those lines. Is It's it's not like an artist you know, writes a bunch of songs and then records them and puts them out because it's ready. There's a, there's a plan. You know, mm-hmm. Is this the right time? Is it That's finished? Right. Does it fit with their other catalog— just what you were just saying there's, and just what Jim was telling us, I mean, you know, and and you've said this many times uh, and Brian and Steve said this, you know, is 2020 the right time for this artist to play Bonnaroo? Maybe not, you know, it's not just is he available or she available on Saturday, June 12th. It's does it make sense? Mm -hmm. And I'm very curious to see, I mean, we, we, I kind of ask about this, but, you know, this is such a seminal time, I guess, in our history. What if everybody comes out with their album and it's there? Every one of them are called quarantine. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Or coronavirus. I was, I was literally about to say, plus there is this thing called competition. Competition. You know, and, there, you know the, there, there is, there is only so much marketplace for, a Justin Bieber album and uh, a Harry Styles album. You know, like, I hate to be so simplistic about it, but you know, these artists are in competition with each other. There's only so many ears and so many dollars that can go around. You know, maybe not from at the top, but definitely in the middle, where you know, bands like and we're I'm going to go see them this weekend. The Revivalists. Um, how how do they how do they compete in that marketplace? It's going to be damn near impossible. Well, and you know better than I do about timing. And I mean, like I was just watching an interview with Graham Nash uh, earlier today, as a matter of fact, total sidebar, but it kind of is related. Uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young had just released. I don't remember the song, but it was climbing the charts. It was at 19. The Kent State shooting happened. Neil Young went out into the woods and wrote Ohio in an hour David Crosby called Graham, said, get the band together in the studio now. They recorded the song in an hour and put it out, and it knocked 
their other single off the charts, which is my reason for telling it. So there's this, you know, it cost them money in some ways. Mm -hmm. uh, but those, those, those kinds of considerations is my point for bringing that up. Yeah. That, that, so, hap that happens a lot uh, less frequent than you would ever think. Uh, I, yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, I so rare. I'm going to go out in the woods and write a yeah. song, but my point is, is so, so, you know, pick an artist, whoever, um, tool is going to, was going to tour in 2020, 2020. Maybe they had no intention of touring in 21 or 22, uh, and they're not going to do it just for a one-off, which yeah. is your point for earlier. So, well, well, it, what a, it's very what a, complicated. What I'm going to do this weekend, and the there's um, C3 has put together three weekend shows. The first one was Tank and the Bangas. The second one was this past Friday with Galactic, and then this weekend with uh, Revivalist, in which it's all a drive-in show. Now, I've I've talked about how dumb that I think these drive-in shows are. Everything that's come out of them. And anybody I've talked to, they've they've really enjoyed themselves. Now, I think that they're enjoying themselves in a vacuum, frankly. But um, be that as it may, they liked it. And uh, so far, it's gone on without a hitch. Uh, without a hitch, um, it's you know a little weird, frankly. But it's something. It's enjoyment in a vacuum. It'll work. It'll work for now. Um, I'm I'm interested to see how rep. How much this can be replicated across the country, and if it actually can, um, I don't know the the financials of this C three endeavor. I don't know if they're making any money. I don't know if it if it's what it's for. To be honest with you, I, I don't know if it's it's even turning a dime of profit. Um, well, so, I can I can answer that. Um, the ones that I know of, the two here anyway, the the examples that I can think of. They're making enough money so that a few people, bartenders, whatever, are getting paid, which they weren't before, number one. And number two, it's, it's a huge feeling of doing something rather than doing nothing. And that, yeah. that is, I mean, you know, that's, a, that's not to be diminished. That's a yeah. big, big, big deal. And, and, I, and I think and, we're going to see more of that. And I and I tend to think, you know, a little bit cynically about this. I always imagine that people do these things not just to do them, but because they need to uh, make sponsors happy. Uh, it's well, not something okay. they're doing out of the goodness of their heart. They're doing it because they need to keep a dollar from AT&T. I, I don't disagree. That's part of it. I, that's that's the third third leg. I would totally yeah. agree in, in some instances. Yeah, so... But I'll let you. I'll let you know how it goes this weekend because revivalists are this weekend. I'm going to go out there and, and and hang out with David and the guys and see see how it goes. And and maybe I'll be wrong about how ridiculous this is. But it's everything about it sounds so silly and it sounds ridiculous and odd. And you know, I well, I, I don't disagree with you, but at least in the back of your head, have that idea that they're doing something. And I mean that. I think. I think for a lot of people, they're very sincere about that. They have mm -hmm. to do something rather than do nothing. Yeah, and luckily we are in a city where we've got you know really good talent. You know, right. you can you can call three really really great bands and do this over the course of a month. You can't do that everywhere. Um, you know, I I I don't. Chattanooga's not happening. Nashville, you could probably do it, but again, you've got people like Chase Rice who don't want to. You know give a damn but anything but his instagram picture that he can post out afterwards um anything else that you want to uh get to before we uh wrap up 
I need to do the rest of these uh, Patreons. All right, let's do it. Chelsea Davis, Evan Brown, Gordon Silver, Jason Hazelbaker, Joshua Herndon, Lauren Edholm, Linda Doles, Lucy Young, Nick Yeatman, Ross McNamara, Ryan Matthewson, Sean McCarthy, Tyrone Basket, William Richards, Clay Wilhoyt, Andrew McBride, Catherine Riccio, David Solano, Jacob Marty, Justin Nigro, Meredith Rittman, Brooke Tussey, Daniel, and Sharla Horton with the Rubus, David Henson, Ella, Phil Nye, Sean McCain, Benjamin Wells, Karen Sheets, Stephanie Romero, Romero, and DK. Isn't it amazing where we said we weren't going to be doing <clears throat> any more shows and then we ended up doing more shows? Yeah. Um, and I bet we'll do another one. Yeah. I, I know we're going to do another one because next month, if we, uh, you know, once a month seems about, about right. But next month, I will have something to share with the class. I Uh-oh. just got a, I, I got a phone call before the show from a, let's just say we're going to have a leak. There's going to be a leak that I'm going to be able to bring to you, Barry Corder, and the What Podcast listener. It's going to be very exciting. Very. It's going to be exciting. good. It's going to be a world premiere. We're literally going to be able to world premiere leak something on this show that it. nobody else in the world will have heard. I love it. I know. I'm I very excited. Wait. I'm very excited. Oh, and, and don't forget, it's coming, guys. Yeah, promise. Coming. We promise. I'm sorry never, it's taking so long. Never not great. Oh, that's what I wanted to bring up. The mixtape. Here, let me... Oh, I yeah, need, yeah, yeah. I need to talk about your mixtape for a second, okay? It's and, awesome. Uh, Barry. It's awesome. God love you. So we, we did the mixtapes for Patreons, and the Patreons could choose the mixtape that they wanted uh, between Barry, Lord Taco, or myself. Now, uh, I'm not going to pressure you to choose mine, even though mine is the best. I will let you make the choice for yourself. It's fine by me. Um, but he, two things about a mixtape. One, you never give the track list. I don't think it's, it's right to give you the track list to a mixtape. The whole point is to be wowed and, and, and hit a piece of discovery when you listen to a mixtape. That's the way I've always taken it, right? One. Two, <clears throat> Barry's mixtape is nothing but hits. It's hit after hit after hit after hit. I like mixtapes where I'm wowed and like there's something that I, I I'm discovering and you're you're showing something to me for the first time. Barry went with hit after hit after hit. This is why I think mine is superior. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> um, because I'm old, I was around when the mixtape was invented. Okay. And it was um, what? What? What did old Honest Abe think about your mixtape? Old back Honest then? Abe, we yeah. we did them. Uh, you, you know, this was a way to impress a girl, mm-hmm. uh, basically to impress upon her how deep you were, how wow. insightful you were, mm-hmm. and how much you understood, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so. I never, uh, no one ever told me you never put the track listing on there because I wanted them to know who it was. Um, mm-hmm. So whatever huh. interesting I, i'll give you that okay well, uh, hey, i'm not saying these are my, the rules i'm just saying in my world that's what i've always in my world that's think. why you did it and or and the secondary reason you made a mixtape was in my case i had hundreds of albums and i wanted something to play in the car 
Mm-hmm. So I put together a tape of songs that were my favorites. I'll tell you what I how I first started making mixtapes, not for girls, but so that I could play radio guy. I would find the songs I liked the most from the radio, record them onto yep. my tape, and then I put together the perfect Same mix thing. Yeah. of, of what That's the radio the, station should be playing. It's what I would play in the car. It's mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah, I wanted to hear the. And so, no, I went round and round. I thought of doing, I thought of doing music snob mixed. I could go deep and I could find, and I thought of putting together a list that, you know, people would say, wow, that Barry, he's, he, he really went deep and thought about this. And then I thought, no, I'm going to put together a list of the stuff that I listen to over and over and over when I sit down in front of my apple tv whatever my music list and i don't really know what i want to hear i i I always end up with these i think that's a probably a pretty fair assessment of what i what i made i feel like it's i feel like it's a really good reflection of me and and what i'm normally listening to on a a regular basis i just think that you know you i think barry's is very on the nose i'll just put it that way it's on (laughs) i don't know i i Look, there are probably only two or three songs that I think might surprise somebody. The mm-hmm. first one, a couple more. And I'll also say I really, really, really wanted Frank Zappa. Mm-hmm. But the songs that I wanted is a 20-minute mashup. The whole side. I wasn't going to give up side. 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Mine's mine's one song short because in the editing process, you guys made me kick out one of the songs that I had on there. And it was still a good call. No, it's not. Okay, so I run a of the of the stations that I run, one of which is a classic hits. And um, guess what is played all the time on this classic hits station? I don't know why, man. It just struck me as odd. <laughs> okay, the song in question is Michael Jackson. PYT. Now, I think it's Michael Jackson's f- best song. Uh, it fits the the like the sound thing that I was going for in my mixtape. It fit perfectly where um, in, in between where I needed texturally just made so much sense. And you guys yelled at me and said you cannot put that on a mixtape, and I just don't understand why. Didn't well, yell. I do understand why. Let me make it clear. I do understand yeah. why. But didn't yell. I think all I said was, "Are you sure?" <laughs> And you got confirmation from your wife. From everyone. Said, eh, from literally everyone. But then, not a good but, idea. but then when I come down here and I see the station, it's playing Michael Jackson 30 times a week. Uh, I know. Optics. Optics. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it's, uh, it's, it, look, I, thought, I knew I'd get blasted. I, I, but I'll do this. I had uh-huh. to make 15 copies of that thing. So I've listened to it many, many times, yeah. and it's still the tape that I would play in my car. Okay, all right. well that's hey, that's all that matters. I'm just, I'm just yeah. pointing out the differences. That's all I, I'm doing. I'm no, pointing out the differences. I knew we'd have this conversation, and uh-huh. I knew, uh, I knew exactly how it would play out, and I knew I could go music snob, and and and. Um, you think I went music snob? Is what you're saying? You think that I went? I, I purposefully tried to be snobby about it. Yeah, I think oh, you, God. I think, uh, well, I put it this way. I think uh-huh. you gave more consideration to how it would look 
to someone else than I did because I just put together the list that I wanted to put together. I'm trying to. Okay, let me unpack that. I feel as though that I I put together um, for someone who wanted to choose uh, Brad because he might fit their musical sensibilities. I was going to service that. Yeah, I I couldn't get my head around who that person was, so I just said <laughs> I'm not going to try. So. I'm going to please me. <laughs> well, Barry, you're very, very pleasing in every way. Well, there, I mean, pleasing. you know, think about the Bonnaroo playlist. Yeah. You know, it's I all bet over you don't have place. a fish song on your tape, do you? Did not include fish. No, <laughs> I, there is only one song on there that I regret. And, and I'm not going to say which one it is. Uh, but if I were to do it over again, there's one song in particular I would have replaced with something much better. But it is what it is. Um, what's exciting about this is that we love doing it. We love doing it so oh, much absolutely. that we want to do it again. And so we're hoping to make this a regular thing and hopefully, you know, give them to you guys, uh, you know, and, you know, that are Patreons and, you know, in, in the future, when we put together the new levels and, and try to, you know, think about new stuff to, to, to give and share, the mixtape is going to be one of them, and I hope that you know it can be a recurring thing because putting them together is so much fun. It's so it was so a blast. Fun. And yeah, so what I'm I, what I'm thinking is that next round, you know, uh, the next round will have everybody will choose me. That's probably what's going to happen. How about next round? Brad has to do a mixtape for Barry, and Barry has to do one for you. Interesting. Oh man, yeah. uh, if I did it for you, it would just be you know two BG. sides of nonstop bass nectar <laughs> and the BGs. <laughs> yeah, a lot of yacht rock. Very like <laughs> yeah. yacht rock. Yeah. All right, there That's you go. Not what mine is, but okay. There, there's a uh, for Lord Taco. It's Barry Quarter. I'm Brad Steiner. We'll talk to you next time on the What Podcast. Love you, bye. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year? That matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corner. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.